Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Thanks, yo. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together, we are FNA Van Life. This is the podcast where every week we bring you news from the nomadic community or interviews with other nomads so that you can know what it's really like to live life on the road. And just like every single week, we have a banger again this week. This one is really more about finance. Yeah, I feel like everybody's always wondering how to make money on the road and how to make full-time van life a reality. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation with Tim and Carmen and I don't think that you have to be a nomad even for this one. Like this is one that anybody could take this financial decision and this financial planning and utilize it in their own life and just better yourselves. I know that Alex and I have, and it's definitely bettered us for our future. We're utilizing this plan, this opportunity to hopefully make it to where it's making us a lot more money down the road um, since we are making some type of money through our business right now. So we don't need the money at the moment. So just like reinvesting it as dividends, mm -hmm. I think is a great idea for us at the moment. Yeah. But so they're going to explain all about that. And we talk about health. We talk about all things. There have been nomads themselves. So this is a really interesting conversation. But first, I wanted to give a huge shout out to our commenter of the week. This is a really great review. And if you love the podcast, be sure to drop a review wherever you're listening, whatever platform. So this review says... How have I not found this podcast before? Just started binging this podcast on my way to Banff in our van. Yay for Canadian van lifers. Whoop, whoop. What? That's dope. <laughs> we are coming up on our one year anniversary since moving in full time. And we are always looking for more great van life content to listen to as we drive. Anyways, I totally laughed out loud when Frankie mentioned wishing he could start from zero on the build. As a carpenter, I totally hear you and would always a thousand times over build from scratch rather than renovating. Yeah, it makes so much more sense to build from scratch. I mean, you know, right now we're working with what somebody else has already done and it's been done, you know, over 20, over 30 years ago, actually. So, you know, working with what has been up for 30 years is kind of hard because you don't know what type of damage that stuff has taken. You know, I mean, luckily we've been really fortunate to have a rig that has been kind of well put together i would say and hasn't had much damage inside so yeah we, we're we're getting lucky there but it is much much harder when you don't know where to land things mm -hmm. so the review ends by saying love your podcast you two are so much fun can't wait to check out your youtube channel cheers from becca and joel Ah, Becca and Joel, that's amazing. Thank you so much. We appreciate the fact that you've been listening to the podcast. Hey, hit us up. You know, maybe we can meet up sometime. I would love to do some uh, snowboarding this winter in uh, in Canada and maybe the States. I don't know if you guys are into that stuff, but I, I feel like being Canadian, you almost have to be. I don't know if that's <laughs> true. I know a lot of Canadians who really don't enjoy winter, but yeah, but skiing and or snowboarding, I feel like is like a thing up here. I mean, it's a thing for a lot of people, but that's just like saying 
everybody who lives in Colorado must ski or snowboard. I mean, is it like everybody that lives in Canada plays hockey? That's also not true. No, Alex, <laughs> come on. Tell us the truth. You've then, been playing hockey for a long time. I can't even hardly skate. <laughs> I'm like a Bambi on skates. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sorry. kidding. I know. I believe it. Actually, you know what? Once that baby comes out, we're going to we're going to get you on skates. I got to see this. Yeah, we're going to have to take some lessons or something. It will kind of be perfect timing, too, because it will be right around when, you know, the winter is coming and. And the ice will stop. Oh, we could probably skate right here, right on the lake, there you right go. on the bay. So update from the road. We are not on the road. We are currently renovating and less than 30 days to my due date. Yes. Yeah. I'm so excited for this. Are you, yeah. you ready to bring that little baby into the world? I am. I don't know. I'm not ready. <laughs> I feel like I'm like people have started asking me like, oh, you're probably feeling like you just want to get it out. Like you just want it to be over. I've been fine being pregnant i've got no problems being pregnant i feel really great there's nothing that i'm like oh my gosh i need this baby out you know and i feel like that's kind of what people are asking like are you ready to like get it out and i'm like no i'm like i'm happy the baby's happy we're comfy like yeah sure sometimes it's a little bit uncomfortable but like Overall, this has been a very great pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, just from an outside perspective, everything that I've seen Alex go through, it's been fairly easy considering like what other people have told us about their pregnancies. So I'm just really grateful that Alex has had it so easy. And hopefully the birth is as easy too. And I don't want Alex to jump onto the board of like, you know, the bandwagon of like, all right, that was easy. Let's have another one. <laughs> I'm like, calm down, calm down. I, I really hope it stays easy, though. Yeah, no, I think it's all going to be good. So we've definitely got a lot going on between trying to finish our van build. We're trying to get that pinned in in the next 30 days so that, you know, the majority of 95 to 99 to 100 percent of it, because we know that when the baby comes, we're not going to have time to spend on renovating all day. Like literally we get up in the morning, we do a little bit of computer work, have breakfast and then head over to the van and then work all day long. So that's obviously not going to be a reasonable schedule uh, when we have a newborn floating around. Too. And I'm just thinking like I'm tired right now without the baby here. Like I can only imagine when the baby first comes and like how much you have to do in the very beginning. Cause it's like every two hours you have to feed the baby. Every hour the baby might be waking up and crying. You know what I mean? Like you don't, just don't know what type of baby you're going to get. You know, you hope for the best and prepare for the worst, I guess is what the saying is. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, it, it just, you don't know what you're going to get. So you have to take the sleep while you can get it now and get the projects done that you could get done that way for that like first three months like you're just able to be there for the child i think fully yeah you know? and also be like a zombie is what i yeah what i'm expecting yeah me too i i think that we could handle together if we you know play our cards right and, you know we invest in ourselves and you know making sure that the other person is getting enough quality sleep you know, it's like it's like making sure that you're putting your money in the right places, mm -hmm. you know, but it, we're, we're putting our priorities in the right places. So speaking of that, let's get into this conversation with Tim and Carmen. I think you guys are really going to like this. They've actually been Patreons of ours for years now. Mm -hmm. We've been communicating with them back and forth for a really long time. They're awesome people. This is kind of more like a chat between friends because yeah. we've definitely like 
had phone calls with them before and chatted with them and we were texting with them all the time. So really excited for this new program for them to be launching. And we hope that you guys get some benefit out of this conversation. Yeah. One of the things that I love about this conversation is they truly are genuinely themselves. Like, you know, just how you guys feel about us. You're totally going to feel the same way about them. All right, let's jump into this. Let's talk about the van and things like that first, because that's kind of how you... The van came after the trip. So what happened was, I was like a workaholic. I was literally working at the government full-time and for my dad full-time. So I literally had no time off. And he comes along and he's just like, I don't like working. (laughs) I don't like doing this, so we're not going to do that. So he was working at the Turnpike, but he got sick there. And I was like, fine. I was like, I'm making like $90,000 a year. I was like, go ahead and just, you know, until you get better, I really don't care. And so he did that. And then I think you got bored and decided like, we should go camping. We should go hiking. We should go wherever. And the first like big trip we took away was out to Ohio and um, what is it? Hawking Hills. Yeah, Hawking Hills. We, we went in January because my dad doesn't work in the wintertime, right? For the most part. So like that was usually when we could take trips. So we go out there and we're hiking along. We're like three miles from the car and it's like two tiers, right? And it's icy. So oh, I'm like preface this <laughs> homie isn't graceful. Okay. <laughs> he, I'm like a mountain goat, and Tim is just like klutz. I'm the opposite out. of a goat. Like like it's, a... It's, it's, he's so on a surrounding. So like there's like a two-tier thing. I know, right? Right. So I'm like, okay, this is ice, right? I don't want to fall off this like 20-foot drop over here. So I grab like a tree root and I bop down and I keep going. All of a sudden I turn around because I didn't hear Tim. I like look and Tim just like shoots off the side. He like Superman freaking launches, and I'm just like, oh, this could be bad. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I'm sitting here watching, and I'm just like looking down, looking up, because you know how stuff slows down when you're in like a crisis moment? And I'm just like, I, it's complete ice on the creek. And I'm just like, I hope to God that water is not deep. He smacks, his knees hit, <laughs> and he like comes up, and he like, you know how when you hit cold water, he was like, <gasps> up and he's like freaking out at that point and i just like i just started laughing my ass off and he's just like i could die down here you know straight up panic i had like no sympathy whatsoever and i'm just looking at him and i'm just like really really well the first thing whenever you talk to anybody that's had like quote a near-death experience is that uh they see the life flash for their eyes and that's partially true but time moves so slowly. Like I thought felt I was in the, in the air for like 35, 40 seconds. That's how slow time was moving. I was just like, huh, this isn't going to be good. And it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. And I'm just like, he's like, how do I get up there? I'm like, I don't know. You got yourself down there. Figure it out. So I'm sitting here like waiting for him to figure out how to get up here. Because like I was the only person that had clothes. We're three miles from the car. It's eight degrees with like six inches of snow on the ground. And I was like. We have to have at least one set of clothes. And at this point, I think he was like, how many, how much fat were you? 250. He was pretty, he was a pretty big boy. And um, I was like, I'm like five foot. I was like maybe 135 pounds. And I had like just two layers of sweat clothes on. So I ended up having to strip him down out of his jeans. Like that's how unexperienced we were. He's like wearing jeans to hike in, in the winter. I had to, like had to strip him out of everything. I like stuck him in my sweat clothes and my sweatshirt. And he literally looked like this little like jacked up penguin. So he's like running in front of me. Because I was like, you need to run to keep your blood flowing. I was like, we got to get back to a road to hopefully get like hitchhike with somebody. Fortunately, some ranger comes along. We go back to the thing. And then we heated up in the, the lodge and stuff. We were the only people there. They brought a heater out for us. And then 
I asked him the question. I'm sitting here like, I really want to finish this hike, but do am I that much of an asshole if I like tell him not to, even though he was just quote unquote dying from cold? I was like, I guess I'll just ask and not be not be an asshole. So he's like, of course we're going back. And I was like, yes, thank God. So we're like, we go on this trail that we were missing. And of course it's like under construction. There's like hammers and nails and stuff dropping. And I was just like, oh my God, this is the most ridiculous trip ever. So we got to where we were going at my brother's uh, aunt's house or cousin or whatever, my brother's fiance's parents. And Tim like took two hours of thought in the bathtub, like hours and hours later. Yeah, my, my legs were like a, a, a deep shade of purple. Oh my God. Interesting. I don't know if that's normal. That's probably uh, hypothermia. So was, yeah, he's had a couple close scares. Like, so that was our first. That was the first. That one. was our first camping trip. You think? Okay, we're we're we probably were camping. We're not going to do that anymore. Because you were like, let's double down. Most people are like, I'm done. So I don't remember how much time went down went by, but then we were like, okay, so this is actually fun going on these adventures and trips. Like, I love risk and adrenaline, and like, I, I just I love adventure. And he's never said no. So that's that's kind of been like, okay, I can come up with all these crazy concoctions because I'm like, let's see if we can go here in the dark with flashlights after hours, stuff's closed, like go on these sketchy paths, stuff's closed. Hilarious. Um, so the next one, we actually planned a longer trip because I actually had a lot of time saved up from the government where I wasn't using it. So we went down to the Great Smoky There's a Mountains. point to this. There's a point to this. Yeah, this, gets, this is how we got into the van thing. So with that trip, we had, <laughs> we were driving my mom's like, $1,300 hoopty uh, Cavalier that Tim picked up off some guy that needed to pay the mortgage he for the month more, or he, had to, he had to pay his rent for the month, so he got his car for like $1,200 like, or something like that. I was like, whatever. It doesn't concern me what he did next so month. So we had that. We drove down. We were planning to actually camp at this point and middle winter, January again, because we like to go places where people are not like crowded, packed, and the Smokies is like the most traveled uh, national park, I think, at in the country so we went during winter again i had to do that because my dad and the work thing and the first day <laughs> our goal was to go up to clingman's dome and like camp like slightly down off the thing from there well that was about the time that chimney tops had done that burn the whole top of that mountain burned down so what happened was we actually got on there but we weren't going up chimney tops and i thought the close trail signs were for that part of the hike so we went the other direction instead of going up the road that goes up to clingman's dome that's closed in the wintertime because of snow and ice and stuff. So when we hiked up that, I guess there that trail was also closed. There was this massive washout. So we're in like six, eight inches of water in the cold. And I had bought waterproof socks, which actually are pretty cool if you keep them on. But we get up there. It's like 13 miles up. We got up there and it was about an hour before nighttime. And I'm starting to set stuff up. And I turn around and Tim has his feet completely out. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, are we going to have another repeat of like hypothermia again? And I'm sitting here and I don't like to force yes. anybody yes, to do we anything. Are. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I'm like, hey, Tim, I really do think going back might be a good option, even though logistically it sounded crazy because we were seven miles down the road to the main road, but then further from the car. And we didn't want to drive, like, hike back through the woods. We could have just take, taken the roads. But Again, like six inches of snow was on the freaking ground. Tim's up here doing whatever. And I'm just like, all right, I'm going to set up to pretend like we're going to stay here. If he decides to change his mind, we'll figure it out from there. So he sits around for like a hot hour. And then he's like, yeah, I think we need to leave. <laughs> it was like right after sunset. I'm just like, oh, my God. 
So that we hike our way down and we're just like, oh my God, how are we going to find out how to get back in the car? I was like, I don't know if there's anybody even driving through here to like hitchhike, right? So fortunately for us, somehow some two dudes like came up behind us as we're like hiking down and we're like, hey, can we uh, grab a ride with you guys like down the road to our car? And they were like, absolutely. So we got back to the car, got a hotel. And then um, we actually lucked out. We probably would have died, to be honest, because a huge snowstorm came in. We would have been trapped and stranded on the mountain in like probably another foot of snow. Um, so again, somehow he is the luckiest person in the world. Like he just like falls into wet creeks and comes out smelling like a rose. So we ended up staying at the hotel for two nights to get him time to fall out and do the whole breakfast thing. I thought two was better than one. And then we just were like, okay, camping's probably not a good idea. Um, why don't we just try to sleep in the car with like our blow up pads? We just like flipped the back seats down and we were like sleeping and that worked for the next like four or five days that we were there. And that was kind of the start of our whole, like we can do a lot more trips and save a lot more money by just sleeping in our vehicle. So that was how that started. And then I think he started looking into the whole van. Life well, I, st- I started like researching how to travel in your car. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it, like, uh, inevitably, everything pointed me back to van life. And I was like, oh, well, let me check this out. So I started, like, researching. I started watching YouTube videos about van life. I think that's where I came across your guys' uh, YouTube channel. And I subscribed and was watching. I was like, okay, so van van life seems to be the answer to what I'm looking for to travel as much as possible for, on you know, on the cheap for the for the most part. It's relatively inexpensive. Mm-hmm. So then we, so then I bought a van, or I found. Then I was, then I was searching through a Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist and all that for a van, and finally found one. I want to say 2018, at the end of 2018, I finally found one, and we bought it in 2018 or 2019. I think it was literally the very beginning of 2019. We got it like right before. Van yeah, we bought. Prices, I think like, we bought it like February of 2019, right before COVID and all mm-hmm. that crap happened, where the van prices like quadrupled. But the, I bet that guy's really mad. He sold it to us for like six thousand. He could have got like twelve thousand had he waited another month. But it was cool. Like even though it had two hundred thousand miles on it, the guy was a mechanic, and he was. And I actually have a pretty good like mechanic background because a couple of my exes were mechanics. So he was talking about how he replaced like all the normal wear and tears between the transition and the engine and like all this other stuff. So and it drives. It sounds really good. The only problem is that it has some rust because we're in the Northeast. Yeah, and it just it's sucks. Typical. What kind yeah. of van is it? Can you tell everybody? It, Chevy Express, fifteen hundred Chevy Express. That's yeah, a V eight Chevy Express. It's one of those. Um, it's it's like the passenger one that has all the windows on the sides. We actually liked all the windows. It has all the trim and all that, like the TV in it, and like mm-hmm. it has the really big captain's chairs and everything. It's super comfortable. But the thing is, like, this was part of our plan. Like, we had actually started. Um, I didn't. I was so afraid of like launching and then having to come back to work after getting that taste of freedom after being so repressed my whole life and having to work my whole life and so i was like really 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 like we have to figure the financial aspect out and figure out how to have enough money to have this like i think that's a huge part that a lot of people mm-hmm. i don't want to say like ignore but they like overlook prior mm-hmm. to going into it is the 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 dur- like the longevity longevity and the durability of how are you going to pay for it once you're out there? Like go, going on vacation out in the van is not the same that hard as affording it. Well, yeah. And I would say that, you know, the way that you guys did with find the cheaper van that was already kind of pre-built at the same time too, saved you a lot of money in a sense. And also like a lot of the people that are doing it, since you have the imagery of, you know, what van life is today compared to what it used to be in the sense of like, getting a really budget styled rig, just throwing a bed in it and kind of traveling as you go 
Whereas now it feels like you almost need an $80,000 Mercedes with a $100,000 bill. And, and, and so like, these people whoa. are putting themselves in a, um, a deficit in a full sense of I'm going to travel for a long time. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, they don't have the financials to cover the van payment that month. And, yeah. uh, you know, and then on top of that, um, you know, the fixes that are going to come up, you know, whether it's on the vehicle itself or on the bill that they just built out. Yes. And we were really intentional with how we did it. Like we did not like the idea of having plumbing in our van because of the smell. I hate cleaning. Like I absolutely despise cleaning. And I just was like, let's keep this simple. Let's keep this easy. Let's keep this portable. I was like, I would rather do that. And I was like, and honestly, how often are you washing dishes? Yeah. And I was like, there has to be another way, especially if you're trying to conserve water, you're trying to do this. So like our recommendation for people who don't know if they're going to love it, like that was the other thing that we did. We decided to do a crap ton of traveling in 2019 to make sure that we were in the right mindset and in the right skill set. So like one of the examples is we literally flew to Maui. We got super discounted tickets. I actually brought my mom because my girlfriend was having like her wedding there or something. Even though we didn't only saw her for like maybe two hours during the whole two weeks we were there. But I wanted to go for two weeks to maximize everything because I am like, I want to see everything as much as possible. I don't want to just sit around, lay on the beach. Like we're not that, I'm not that kind of person. And I think it's cool. He's not either. And I was like, if my mom is annoying, I can like pawn her off on the people that are like here. I was like, so I think that I have like an out. It's not, my mom's always wanted to go to Hawaii. And I was like, okay, here's the opportunity. So I looked at everything. I was like, how do we do stuff on the cheap? I am all about spending money on the experiences, but not on where to sleep. I think the rates were like two to $300 a night. We camped the entire time and like stealth camped. We spent $39 total on sleeping for two weeks. Nice job. That was only because... I wanted to actually sleep at the Black Beach. So we did two nights there. And actually, I figured out how we could have got around that now being there and knowing how to navigate that whole thing. Um, But I bought like, we rented a really old vehicle to blend in with the locals to easier hide because all the travelers have those new Mustangs and stuff. So it's like, I put a lot of thought and I had like, you should see the maps that I make. It's insane. I have like all these like drop points and I'm like, all right, so we're here. The one place that we thought we would be able to camp ended up being like a sacred burial ground. So I was like, all right, that one's out. I was like, so we have to like, you know, roll with the punches. So like, I like to do a lot of planning, but I definitely like modify and like I guess tactically, like navigate as we go I about. Things. Isn't that the same year that we literally flew into flew into Juno? I was just going to say the other one with our backpack <laughs> on. We just walked across the street and camp. We, we literally did, we didn't, didn't get a rental car. car. We didn't get a, any player to stay. We literally flew there, got off the plane, walked into the woods, and just like set up camp. Woke <laughs> up the woke up the next morning, and I was uh, you know taking my morning pee, drinking my morning coke. I used to drink coke back at the time. I look around. There's these huge cranes. It was like a construction zone. They were tearing down trees and everything. <laughs> 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 so the bus system was actually pretty decent there so we like rolled into downtown because we wanted to go to Men, uh, Mendenhall Glacier which funny story didn't end up actually happening the way we wanted it to we ended up getting rescued off the mountain by like a local climbing group yeah, a volunteer climbing group yeah because I apparently can't follow trail markers and he was mad that I was like up his butt when we were coming down the hill because I like to like make it a game to see as like as far and I can go without seeing. He was like, get, get away from behind me. Get away. Just go in front of me. Just go in front of me. I was well, like, are you sure? Who likes people walking three feet behind them? That's just get in front of me. I'll, I'll catch up. He's so up. slow when he goes downhill. And like, I like to try to 
not get too far ahead of him because if I lose sight of him, he might fall off the side of the mountain. Like, because it's almost happened multiple times. (laughs) So I like to keep him in front of me if I possibly can. And then I'll like dally with like pictures here and there. So we took a a bus down to Juneau. We were hiking up some trail and we came across this place that was the perfect spot for a tent. So we just camped there. Yeah, like the local kids obviously partied. So like when we camp, we actually picked up a whole bunch of the trash when we were there and we left. Um, Like we did that everywhere we went. But it was funny because when the the police were like escorting us back after we like missed the bus and got rescued, he, uh, I was like, I don't want to tell him we're sleeping in the woods illegally. So I was just like, hey, we haven't eaten all day. It's like almost 10 o'clock at night. Like anyway, you could drop us off at the local grocery store. And he's like, absolutely. So we just got like escorted. We rolled up and like everybody was like, what the hell is going on? We just got like dropped off out of the back it's of the car. So normally see people get out of the back of the and car. And what's crazy about that, the whole reason we didn't want to call was because we didn't want to get fined and stuff. They, it didn't cost us anything. They were so cool and lax up there. They were just like, we don't even care. But it was insane. Cause like, I kind of knew we were off trail and I was looking at my map and it was one of those things where the, the trail like went around a bend and I was like, oh, if we go straight, we'll catch up to it. Well, I failed to like include the fact that there was like elevation loss and we ended up like skirting around and it got super sketchy at certain points where like mm-hmm. Tim having no body awareness whatsoever was like barrel losing down these things. Like normal people would put their feet in front of them and like slowly use friction to like keep themselves from flying down. He just like starts flying down. I had to like shove him against the wall to like get him to stop moving. I was like, what is wrong with you? YOLO so man, YOLO. I was <laughs> navigating this dangerous situation. And then I started panicking because I'm like, if he dies, I am never going to forgive myself for like failing to incorporate the fact that he sucks. <laughs> I feel like Tim is made of rubber. Oh, just so bad. So I like swung over this, like, you know, water makes rocks super slick. I like literally used this limb to like sling over and I had to like pull Tim along with his hiking pole. And then we finally got to a point where it was like super soft, like um, pine needles. And we we're just sitting there and this like blue jay was about ready to kill us because we were sitting there. And I was like, I don't think we can go down any further because it was like a 70 foot straight drop at that point. We got as close to the trail as possible. And then it was just like, okay, we're 70 feet above it. Like, I don't think we can go down here. And they have these really jaggy plants. And I was like, I feel like I might be able to figure this out, but I'm not so sure about him. So then when we called, like they had to repel us down. It took, I was down in like five minutes. It was like 45 minutes by the time he got down. The lady was just like, make it out. He's like, Jay? <laughs> I think you need oh. to give him a parachute. <laughs> well, no, well, like, so the, the, the lesson of this last uh, that story was we take rope with us everywhere we yeah hiking we're out. gonna start taking yeah. rope with us because it's like you can at least cling in i actually want to um i know like i've taken some climbing lessons but like i really do want to get into rock climbing especially like for that whole thing and he wants to climb like denali and stuff so i think we're gonna get into, into mountaineering at some point and funny you say parachute i really 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 want to get into paragliding like to yeah. the point where we climb up and then jump off and just like glide down and he hates going down mountains so i think that'll be a perfect it's a win-win situation for everybody we have friends who do that and they absolutely love it Um, oh yeah i'm so like attracted to the sky for some reason so we'll do that at some point so those couple of trips and then what was crazy about that is like we were packing so much in in such a short amount of time that i was really ready to do the van life thing where we could slow down the pace and like if we like it's one of those things where Sometimes when you get somewhere, you realize there's a whole bunch more to explore than you could see by like doing research preemptively. And the other places are like, they look cool, but they're actually not that cool. So you can leave and go like drive to drive to the next place. So then what we did was like, I gave my, my, uh, my work a full like nine month notice that I was leaving. I was there for 11 and a half years. And like my boss was super cool, but 
but I was like, I literally have to give myself a date. Otherwise this is just going to drag on forever. So it was like during the pandemic, we got a lot of stay at home time, which like saved us, but I was working more because my dad's ridiculous. And like the, the rich people he caters to like wanted more stuff done. But I actually ended up working more during the pandemic. I had burnout so freaking bad. It was not even funny. So that was the whole reason we couldn't get our condo like rehabbed and sold. We had, um, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The month after I moved into this place, my pipe on my toilet broke and flooded my entire house. Oh. So we've been basically living in construction for like seven years. Oh, yeah. Cats love it. <laughs> Like we have open ceilings, like it's yeah, okay, it's like a free fall. I just I have no bandwidth to like discipline. And he's just over here like the cats cannot be on the counters. I was like, I've never let them told them no their whole existence. Like, what makes you think they're gonna listen now? They listen. He has, he's like seriously an animal whisperer. So, he like can... what happened was after all these experiences, then it was then it was just we knew we wanted to do it, we had the rigs, and then it was just okay, we have to figure out how to pay for it. And that's... So, well, that was that part. But I was going to actually talk about the rig because we were talking about the sink thing. So what we did was we uh, realized with Juno and with Maui that like we can live on very, very little. Mm -hmm. We can figure it out. So it's like, I wanted something very simple. And when we bought it, it was built out, as you said, Frankie, but it was so heavy. We were getting 13 miles to the gallon in that van. And it was like, this is not acceptable. And I know I'm an engineer. Like that's actually my degree. So I know like weight per mile per gallon is just absolutely atrocious. So I was looking into actually building like lightweight airplanes are made with like that foam board and like a mesh bedding to actually create the torsion strength. Cause that's the problem with, with uh, the foam board, but that's super light. So I was going to build cabinets with all that stuff. But the thing that I decided to do was like, okay, we're going to do a test run of like four or five months. And I'm going to put in the stuff we 100% know we're going to keep, but then I'm going to leave the other stuff flexible because as you live in it, you will find out what works and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So he got a little gung happy and bought some stuff that I kind of knew wasn't going to end up being something we were going to keep doing. But I was like, all right, whatever, that's fine. Um, like the swivel seat in the van. We don't use it yeah, like, that was, at all. That was a waste so it's like an added probably like $35 and 35 pounds that I'm going to have to rip out now, which completely unnecessary. But it's like, I put the flooring in, we built, we wanted to stand uh, a stationary bed because we don't like the idea of taking 10 minutes to assemble like a table and then assemble a bed and assemble a table. Cause he loves to just take mini like breaks during the day and just like lay. So that was like a hundred percent. We knew that needed to happen. And like the people who talk about like, the confined space of a van and needing bigger space kind of baffle us because you have all of nature. Mm -hmm. Like like for oh, us, rather, we would rather have a pop-up outside room where we can expand. Like if we're having a tizzy moment where we're just like, screw you, you're being annoying. But like, honestly, we do so what much. Look over here for <laughs> because we have them on occasion usually after it's been like 10 hours of driving the cats are panicking and like that when we first started we were like a week late so we had to we had to we had a reservation at big bend so we had only like a few days to get there and he was just like i'm tired of cold i'm driving 10 hours straight and i was under the impression we were going to go slow and steady because we didn't have time to prepare the cats and we just like threw them in the van and took off and they were just they were not happy they were not happy yeah. 
we had to stop at a dry cleaner and like actually get that taken care of but like after that the cats adapted really quick except for the one he took a lot longer to like come out from under the bed but he i think he does that on purpose to just like be a butt i think they really liked it like once they would claw at the doors in the mornings and when we were out on BLM land in uh, New Mexico, I was just like, I can't even right now. And I would just throw the doors open. And I was like, you know what? We were going to stalk them, put them on leashes and all this. I was like, you know what? I don't even care. We're not near anything. There's no roads. There's no people out here. I was like, if you die, that's your own problem. Yep. And he's like, you need to be out there watching. I'm like, you can do that like all you want. I was like, I'm exhausted. I'm still sleeping. Like, I was like, I can't handle this. <laughs> <laughs> so then when we did that like they always came back because i guess cats are real good with the smell thing like we actually thought well the one cat we have is really dumb like inbred dumb uh, we weren't sure if she would like get eaten by a rabbit or just like you know what i mean that kind of thing she's not exactly the brightest crayon in the box she got stuck in the same hole in our house like three or four times and then tim would get her out and she'd be like oh what's this hole in the wall and she'd go right back, back in <laughs> we're just like what is wrong with you yeah but she's like the lovingest cat ever and it's his absolute baby like he loves that freaking cat yeah. How many do you have? We have three. So like we're living in this tiny Chevy van with three cats. <laughs> and the one is like half Mancoon. He's ginormous. So they're pretty crazy. So we did the, we wanted to do the lightweight thing. And then you were talking about the whole money thing. So like I'm working on keeping stuff lightweight, keeping gas mileage down. Yep. Um, or not mileage down, but like miles per gallon down. And he's focused on, and functionality. And he's focused on how to make money how to keep it flowing and all this other stuff. And I had had, I had always been a saver just because I've worked so much that I had, like, I didn't spend anything. Like I literally had so much money and I, um, I had put so much money into like random adventure, like endeavors to try to create something to make more money. But I was always in the wrong area. Like I'm kind of disgusted at how much money I threw away. Like 40,000 here, we lost 60,000 for a Ponzi scheme. We lost all this other stuff. And it's just like, I'm so pissed that I didn't just give it to him. Like granted, when he started, he lost like twenty, thirty thousand with the investment strategy he was using. But then, he's one of those people that has to learn by doing, mm-hmm. learn by screwing up. I noticed that with the whole house repair thing. That uh, he's like, "Let me do it." You know, there's more than one way to do stuff. And I'm like, "Yeah, but we have money to worry about, we have time to worry about, and we have like resources to worry about. So if you screw this up on the first go, we have to go out and buy more stuff." So like, I won't let him touch anything because he just like. I had to fix a hole in the ceiling. I had to fix a hole in the wall because of him. I had to like, I'm just like, Tim, stop touching stuff. <laughs> so like with the finance thing, he, um, I did growth, growth stock investing. Yeah, this is, you just talk about those. And what I learned in the growth stock investing was that there are periods when there's higher volatility, but more, more, uh, opportunity to make money, which is the earnings reports. Like if, if you know us, if you know a company is going to pop off after the earnings report, you buy it before they report their earnings. And when it pops off, you sell it for like a 5, 10, 12% gain or whatever. And that worked well for a little while. But then it was 2018 when just stuff went sideways. Like uh, companies that were beating their earnings and beating their earnings handily were actually losing value. And it, 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 didn't make, it didn't make sense to me. And it was like the whole psychology of investing with the the uh, every everyday investors they like they they sell when they shouldn't sell and they buy when they shouldn't buy basically the psychology behind it so i learned a very valuable lesson there like not to get involved in stuff that requires the psychology of stuff because you'll never beat that Mm-mm. yeah so and you also have to be watching it so diligently and like have your beat on the news and when are earnings reports coming out and like you really have to be on top of it and if you're trying to like go live a free life in the woods 
kind of hard to also be checking everything every day all the time. Yes, yes. Woods have a re- uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically unreliable internet yeah, access. That yes, that's true. <laughs> that was the other concern with having to be up on that 24-7 was like. So that's what I got. Then I found uh, CDs and uh, bonds and like uh, funds that paid like 2 to 3% in yield. And I was like, well, that wait a minute now. So I basically just dump my money into these things and they generate 5%. I was like, okay, that's better than losing 10%. So then I started investing in those. And the more research I did, the more I came across different vehicles that I could invest in that weren't the the normal, like uh, S&P 500 fund, for example. There's ways or there's other investment opportunities that mirror exactly what the S&P 500 fund does that you can get twice as much yield, three times as much yield. So that's where it all was born. I made mistakes and I was like, oh, I'm tired of losing money. So I'm going to start gaining money with dividends. And then mm-hmm. it just snowballed like from there. And then I talked to, I remember on a couple of your uh, live streams, I um, brought up dividend stocks and people were like pretty interested. And I was like, well, wait a minute, there, there could be an audience for this. Hold on. Let oh, me yeah. think about this. And then the more I talked to other people around here and the people on the road, I was like, I was like, there's a really big audience for this where they can actually take what they have in their checking account where they're not making anything. You don't make crap in your checking account or your savings account. And you can just dump it into something that'll pay you 10, 12, 14% a year. Mm-hmm. The part where people get confused though, is they focus on when they open up their brokerage account and it says, instead of says a hundred thousand, they'll say like 87,000. They're like, Oh my God, I lost 13,000. You didn't, you know, technically you did, but you didn't, you gained yeah, whatever yeah. you gained in dividends and you don't lose the 13,000 until you sell. So yeah, the valuation thing, it's not about the principle with dividend stocks. The prices fluctuate based on that, the hype in the media and the panic and all that stuff. But eventually if you pull out from the stock market as a whole and you look over time, it always goes up. So you don't have to worry about the snapshot in time valuation. You just worry about how many assets that can buy you and how much those dividends are paying out per and Then you have share. the second group, you have the first group that says my portfolio balance says 85,000, I had 100,000, I'm panicking, I'm panicking, I'm panicking. And then you have the ones that can comprehend that it doesn't matter what your portfolio balance says, it matters what you're generating, but what they, they are the ones that panic because their cost average is higher because every time they drip it, the, reinvest it, drip it in, it sends their purchase price initially up. And they're like, well, I, I spent $43 for the, uh, on average to buy this. It's like, well, yeah, technically, but if you look at it, like logically you only put $5,000 in at this price. Yeah. Yeah. So and the, the, the drip is, that's free. That's free money that you yeah. actually didn't put that in. So like when I do the comp, uh, computations for people, I just said, what did you initially invest? And uh, how much did you invest? What did you, how many shares did you get? I remember I, I send you text messages. I need to know how many shares you initially purchased so I can put it in the spreadsheet and be like, okay, so you initially spent $5,000 on the stock. Your current value is 5,400, but it says your cost, ba- your cost basis value is 6,500. That's not true. Your, your cost basis is 5,000. Because uh-huh. every dollar that got invested after that $5,000 wasn't my dollars. Yeah. yeah, it was your interest growing and compounding. So I like to look at things from an ROI calculation standpoint, whereas like the brokerage is calculated on a monthly cost basis or whatever they, they do, do. Like they, they do like whenever, whenever you, whenever it reinvests automatically, that'll drive your, your, your price up. It's like, so it's not, 
Typically, if you think about it, it would be something that makes people want to possibly get out and scare, like a scare tactic almost. So that way they could, like somebody can make money off of it in a sense. Well, I I, I subscribe to a lot of different um, publications. I've paid for a few, hopefully that are tax write-offs after we launched the business and uh, others are free, but like they ultimately all have the same uh, blueprint is basically well here's you buy this up to this price and then you put a 25 percent stop loss in so if it falls 25 percent, you uh, automatically sell i'll tell you in a minute how that's piss poor you, yeah, should, you never do that mm-hmm. and what they do is what they when they when they publish that on the first or the fifth or the 12th whatever day of the month they do that if you follow what they put in it it, it goes up six or seven percent and then if you read their publication a few months down the road, oh, we got out of that position at with a 27% gain. So what they're doing is they're inflating the price with their with their subscribers so they can sell their stuff for a for a gain. And then they give you no information outside of that, like when you should sell or like what you should look for when you buy it or, or sell it. They don't do the, any of that. They basically just say, buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. Okay, we, we got out of that position like four months ago we made money on it. So like whenever they like, we, we've, we've made money 96% of the time. Well, it's very easy to make money 96% of the time if you're controlling the narrative. Yeah. And going back to what you just said, Frankie, I think you're right. I honestly think most brokerages cater to the wealthy, not the normal individual people and the, the wealthy people know how to look at those things. So it's like, they have no incentive of I think it's probably easier for them to represent it the way that they represent it in those, in those, like your overviews of your account versus like the individual little guys who they're trying to live their life. They're trying to save, they're trying to work, they're trying to spend time with their families. They're not trying to like learn all the ins and outs of investing because it's not, it's not exactly, it takes some time and it takes a lot of time to comb through all the BS because there's so much spam in the financial it's disgusting and i would even say the person that is like the normal nine to five person that might be ten thousand dollars of their life savings everything that they have that they've put into the stock or a couple of different stocks and then they're scared of losing that money where the rich mm-hmm. person isn't this person could care less they don't want to lose the money but at the same time they're like it could sit there for 10 more years i don't have to worry about it. they really don't understand how to play the game it is technically a game yeah, treat it like a game you actually will win more often than not i honestly think now that i've been looking at everything i'm going to come up with a like a way to get around the psychological aspects because that's actually something that i'm interested in and i'm actually been spending the last few years looking into psychology and all this other stuff because it's like that's where people lose the most money is they take their money out at the wrong times yep they exactly. need to tap it at the wrong times the beautiful part about the strategy that we've done is you never have to touch your assets you never have to touch your principal you pull out the cash generation. All you do is you turn your drip off. Mm-hmm. So you do, uh, turn, you cut your uh, automatic reinvesting off and it goes straight into your brokerage account in the form of cash. And then you can just transfer that to your bank. Mm-hmm. And then, so that becomes the money that you live on every month. Yes, yes. that's exactly that. That's the whole, the whole strategy that I've been trying to convey to people is, okay, so if you start with um, 25 or 50,000 or 10,000, whatever you start with, mm-hmm. you control when you actually reinvest it and then you control whenever you can actually just take the cash out you just basically you kind of i don't want to say like have to force yourself to live a life that 
you may not want to because you only have like five hundred dollars a we're, month. We're in we're in the van life community here. These guys yeah. usually live on less, or at least they well, should I'm be. Saying, I don't less. want to. I don't want to say well. Um, curb your appetite for adventure because you can only you're only generating five hundred dollars a month in dividends but you can still live a lot of it and i i can tell you how to get around a lot of lot of expenses when it comes to traveling and stuff well, well I, and also it could also just be a secondary income or a like one of your cash flow streams yeah. you know well, especially- no offense to you guys well like the, when i was watching the videos i was like i want to do van life but i don't want to do that <laughs> correct Tim's other motivation is he does not want to have to be chained to making YouTube videos. I don't like, it doesn't look fun to me. It looks like it it would uh, ruin a lot of my experiences because, oh, where's the camera? Where's the camera? Do we have the camera? Do we have the, that doesn't, that doesn't like, I bless people that do that. Then they make money from it. Awesome. Kudos to, kudos to all you, but that's just not. If you love doing that and that's something that, that, again, everybody personality wise is completely different. We are very logic based. We do not really like to cater to like the social appetites and trending stuff. Like that's just not our, our game. That's why we chose more of the investing side of things. Um, Other people might love the YouTube thing. And you're right, Alex, like the multiple streams of income, you don't have to just rely on this one thing. We're trying to see if we can do just one thing for the challenge aspect to help other people. And it's like, if we can do that. And a lot of people have more money than they realize. Like one of the biggest things, I'm, I'm a math nerd. So I've been doing calculations and like most people think they need an astronomical amount of money to get started, to be able to tap enough to retire. Well, normal calculations, they do that 4% thing where you're only supposed to tap 4% of your nest egg and you diminish that over how many years you think you're going to live. Well, with the innovations with technology and stuff, people are living longer and longer. So those estimates are like flawed, in my opinion. If you said it more- watched the whole thing, I don't mean to interrupt you. I watched the whole thing where it was basically like, based on those estimates, he basically broke the calculator because it was like, if you are a person who's, you know, 20 to 30 years old right now, you would have to save an exorbitant amount of money that it just like, and with inflation the way that it is and with all of, you know- these extra things that are going on, it's almost—it's very daunting and looks and feels impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people get psychologically depressed by seeing that number. So what they do is they actually disassociate. And this is where the mental health stuff comes in. People's coping mechanisms, they go back to the, the ADHD thing and the depression thing. And it's a coping mechanism to avoid pain and avoid that future projection of just pain. Um, but what we can do instead is if you focus more on the smaller number and then setting up a way to make that feasible. Like I was, I was about to just post a thing on Instagram where it's like the average person spends $1,350 a year on bottled water. Yeah. You guys use, I think a Berkey or an Alexa pure too. Yeah. Like that is so cheap compared to the bottled water consumption. Oh, yeah. You took that 1350 and you invested it in what we're talking about. And we did an estimate of 10% per yield per year, which is actually very conservative compared to what we actually make. But if you took that, you'd make $135 in the year from interest or from dividend payouts. But if you break that down per month, it's $11.25 per month. But here's where it gets cool. That doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a every month for the rest of your life. And that's, and that price is adding into what you've already invested. So now your investment actually becomes higher than that 1350 every time then you gain more dividend on that so so if you actually then that's just the snapshot of the first month when you drop that 1350 in if you then take that to, in a 10 year time frame that's $11.25 goes up to over $30 a month by just allowing it to continue to compound mm-hmm. that is the magic of what we're talking about so mm-hmm. it's like you can take these habits and you can like 
swap them out for a cheaper version of the same thing. So you're not necessarily compromising on quality of life. You're investing in your future and you're like taking snippets like you would in a video game. You're literally taking snippets. Okay, there's my 1125. My goal is say $2,000 a month. That's a piece of it. And then you get motivated when you see how that grows. Yeah. You can find like haircuts for another one. I, I think people in general spend like like 1400 18, I think nails, people who do nails are like $1,800 a year on like just nail treatments. Mm-hmm. There's another chunk of stream of income. You I, can do that stuff on your own and save a crap ton of money. I think the one that people almost always overlook that I found would be the simplest solution that wouldn't impact your daily life, like period at all, is your tax refund. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be Inst- budgeting inst- that in. Instead of taking your tax refund to buy like a TV or this or that, just take that auto- and automatically just invest it. If you do that for 10 years, you're going to have, I don't know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000 in the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what interests me about it is like, you know, a lot of the time you want to be in, in a relationship with somebody. So it's two people. So instead of it being 1350 for the water, it's actually 2700 you know, and and so on and so forth. So, you know, if, it, if both of you are getting a haircut, you'll also add that money in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like now you're doubling that. So that $30 originally now is $60 a month, you know, because you've doubled it in a sense. Well, and one of the things I've noticed with like people and, and habits. So like habits are insidious. Like our brain, in order to save capacity, what it does is it takes time for the first couple things till it figure out the best way to continue to do that thing. Like, okay, cue trigger like habit. Well, to unprogram those, you have to be a lot more conscientious. And I I used to be an alcoholic. Um one of the way that I quit drinking and I can be around alcohol and not like go back, fall back. And that's unheard of for a lot of people who have like a crazy addiction. So what I did was I focused so hard on the negative aspects of the habit I wanted to get rid of. And I did not think of any of the positive pieces. And then the, the thing that I was trying to move over to, I focused on all the positives and none of the negatives. And what that does is our brain is programmed to gravitate towards positive and away from negative. Mm-hmm. You eventually reprogram your brain and you're not sending mixed signals when you do it that way. So if mm-hmm. you can conscientiously do that little thing, you can do, you can give up any habit. And one of the other ones, like if you, re- I absolutely love, uh, I think his name's James Clear's Atomic Habits book. That book was amazing. It's written in like the way that I think like logic, whatever. But I love the fact that he talks about making it super difficult to do the thing that you like are trying to get rid of. So he's talking about this one guy who was trying to like watch less TV. He like drug his TV into his closet. You're <laughs> funny because your cha- like your potential for actually going and getting that TV out to then watch something is like next to none because it's a pain in the butt. So if you make the things you don't want to do a lot harder and you make the things you want to do a lot easier, you're more apt to choose the easy thing. Mm-hmm. And then one of the other things I loved was that like if you're trying to save your three hundred thousand or whatever it is, don't focus on the big picture. Focus on the smallest amount possible where you do not feel resistance and get started once you get started that's when your hormones your dopamine and all that other stuff starts flowing and you're focusing on those positives and you're building that income stream as opposed to hope fear and like inactivity it gets rid of that anxiety it gets rid of the like dissociation stuff that people go through and you can still enjoy a large quantity quality of life uh the other one i absolutely love is like a money saving tip if you have hulu netflix and like prime and all those other things you can put those on pause and rotate through each month so you're not spending for all of them each month you're only spending for one mm-hmm. like those little hacks oh and the other one i absolutely love like the um uh, 
the average house has 300,000 items. Most people won't sell their items. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Most people want to get back what they originally invested in that thing, but the problem, they don't factor in depreciation. So here's a little, like, sometimes it's a numbers game. If you literally just need $100,000 to get your butt on the road to go, like, live the life you want and get out of that nine to five that is draining your soul, um, what you can do is you can have a massive yard sale where you incentivize people to buy 10 items at a dollar a pop. Like, just put it up, put the numbers out, whatever you want. And then, like, if you sell 100,000 items for a dollar, there's your $100,000. Yep. And that's only a third of what the average well, And once again, you know, that goes back to, like, you know, the business thought is if you make a product, you don't have to make a product because you have it all over your house, first and foremost. But if you make a product that you literally could sell everybody in the world, even if you sold it for 50 cents, you're a multi-billionaire, if not yeah. trillionaire, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's the same thought process as that you know, that, that you're talking about with just the items in your house. And it could be 10 books. It could be 10, you know, of these electrical cords that are sitting around the house everywhere, you know, and there's yeah. so many people. If you're not using it, if you're not using it, one of the biggest things when Tim sold his rental property, like he left a whole bunch of stuff over there. And when we went over there to like, get rid of everything, he was like, why? Well, I, I didn't even realize I still had this stuff. He's like, why do I have it? And it's funny when you start getting rid of stuff, you actually start having more mental clarity because there is a reflection of what's around you versus what's like your mental clarity and uh, cognitive processes. So um, I was going to say something about the, uh, so so like you don't have to do the house thing. What Frankie was just talking about with the passive income. Like if you have a skill set, like if Tim's amazing with this finance stuff, if you have a skill set that other people would pay you for, create a digital product that's going to pay you over and over and over again for that one thing. I mean, you have to figure out how to market it and stuff, but you're still generating some form of passive income, even if it seems tiny in the beginning, over time, the more you add to it, it starts building up over time. And then you have this freedom of stuff. Uh, I wanted to go back to the whole, like how much you need to invest. So generally you were talking about, Alex, you were talking about that astronomical sum. The cool thing with dividend investing, I came up with an equation. So what you would do is you take how much money you need a month. Let's say it's $2,000. You multiply it by 1200 and you divide it by your interest rate. We're going to use 10%. That would come up with $240,000 that you'd need versus the other method. You'd need over double that. That's wild. That's like you're cutting what you would need in half Mm -hmm. by using the income investing strategies and dividend payouts that we do. That makes this very attainable. And that makes this to the point where you do not have to necessarily wait until retirement age to start living the life you want. Mm -hmm. And that was the huge goal for us because like I have burnouts. Oh, burnout was the other thing. If you're not living a life congruent with who you are, your burnout is literally a symptom of like, you need to change something. So for me, I've read so much stuff that talk about how burnout was, it would take you six months to a year to recoup from. It was like two weeks of going from the office and working to living in the van. And it was like completely gone for me. That was a huge, like eye-opening moment. So it's like, if you guys are sitting struggling and you want to do the van life thing, like you can definitely get started. And sometimes even just taking the break to get the clarity even if it's just two weeks, take that break from work, use that two week leave to get that clarity. Once you have a taste of that life, you can't go back. Yeah. Well, so what you said before, it really made me think about the fact that like focusing on all the positives, like, yeah, yeah we I try think. to share with people the good, the bad, the ugly, the great, the beautiful, you know, like I want people to have a full understanding of what they're getting into. Like sometimes the water smells and you know, what are you going to do? But like for us, when we were making the transition from 
working in a corporate setting to moving to van life, it was so easy to make all those budget cuts, to sell all those things, to do like a hundred percent of our focus time and energy on this van build, on the van lifestyle, like figuring it out because all we were seeing was the negatives of staying in the job of working another 40 years to hate where we're at of, you know, the commute and the, you know, like you focus on all the negatives of Mm -hmm. what you're leaving and then all the positives that van life was going to bring to us. So it was so easy to make these switches, to make these flips, to, you know, be a hundred percent committed to making the change because like you were saying of the mindset, it's like, Focus on the positive of the thing you want to move towards. And then it's so easy to let go. Well, not necessarily so easy always, but it's easier to let go of the thing that you have been holding on to for this whole time. Yeah, I would say that if you don't get, if you get anything from this podcast, I think that was a, a moment of like clarity for a lot of people to try to switch their mindset to like the, you know, the positive competitive and negative train of thought and how to use them to your benefit. Cause you can mm-hmm. use the negative train of thought to your benefit. You just have to put it in the right place. Yeah. And I, I consider emotions and like mindset a tool. Like when I, I'm so emotional, I was so emotionally devoid. You heard from our earlier stories. And once I started reading in all the psychology, I realized that emotions are actually a tool because they give you a clue to what the hell is going on inside you. And when you realize those negative emotions are actually telling you that change needs to happen, you're like, oh, Okay. So that means you need to actually look at your life and make sh- and see where it needs to change. And the reason I love the personality stuff is like, whatever your personality is, it usually can give you clues as to what would best suit you. And what, like you were talking about how some people have trouble getting away from that stuff. Certain personality types have a lot harder time of letting go tradition and, and comfort. Um, I'm a thrill seeker. Like I, I, uh, I'm pretty sure. Um, oh my God. Yeah. You. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're one too. Yeah, Frankie. Frankie, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> and like, if you can't tell, like Tim's, Tim's an intellectual one. Um, so it's like, there's different tiers of each thing. Um, but what I was going to say is I really, with, going back to what Frankie was talking about in the beginning with spending a crap ton of money, getting a Mercedes, $80,000, putting all this money into something. To me, that's falling into that perfectionism mindset. And the problem with that is, there's two things when it comes to success. You need you need to plan and think, but you also need action to give feedback. So if you do all one and you don't do the other, you actually set yourself up for failure. So my best advice, if you do not have a van, go take a trip and try to live like you would do in van life. Even if it's just for two weeks, you will find out if you're cut out for it. Because the thing is, I don't know if you've read the book, Big Magic. I absolutely love that book. It's amazing. Literally right here. Right? right? That book is amazing where she's talking about the shit sandwiches. If you do not love something enough to be okay with the shit sandwiches, the pieces of it that suck, that is not the right avenue of like where you're supposed to be living. So for van life, we're cool with the stinks in the van. We're cool with the weird smells. We're cool with the finding places to live or to stay over at night. We're cool with like that kind of stuff. Digging a hole. Digging a hole to poop yeah. in. We're, we're cool with. The poo hole. The poo hole. Oh my God, Tim loves his poo bucket. It's, it's absolutely The luggable loo is the best thing REI sells. Yeah. <laughs> he loves his that's, that's our bathroom. Like I literally, when we pull up to a place, I'll dig a hole and I'll put the hole in the bucket and that's, we're good so to go. then he poops in the bucket and then he dumps it back in the hole. Because I'm in the yeah. whole mindset of like, compost is compost if you put it back on the earth all the microorganisms and stuff break that down i actually think that's better for the planet than putting it through a septic sewage system putting more chemicals into it and doing whatever the heck you're doing 
my perspective, I know it's illegal in a lot of places, but it's like, what did they do back in the day? They pooped in holes. Mm-hmm. Like they probably didn't even dig a hole. They just pooped. The major well, thing, the major thing when it comes yeah. to the poo aspect is just not doing it by a uh, like a, a water. Ma- stream. You don't want a massive amount by a water stream that is. <laughs> you know, feeding people water, but that's going through a filtration system anyway, most likely, but you don't want to, you don't want to contaminating it for the animals and stuff. You don't right? want to shit where you eat. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the general sense of it. Like, Oh my God. I just ran into somebody on van life the other weekend who was dumping their gray water in the water grates at, in Walmart parking lots. And over around here, like that goes right into like the local streams. Yeah. I was like, Hey, I was like, you'd be better off dumping it in the grass than in right. the separate thing. I was well, like, and to be honest, if somebody sees you doing that, that's a hell of a huge fine. Oh, for sure. Well, so here's the thing too. Gray water is actually used as watering for watering grass and, and crop. Yeah. So, I, and I could pee into that category too, to be honest. Yeah, you could because there's different nutrients and stuff in it that you Absolutely. would Absolutely. sterile and I like the way it tastes. That's, that's why you get that. Dive, duck, and dog. Well, you know... <laughs> You, you you joke about that, but one of the things that she wants to try here in like the next oh, few months. I don't know is, if you should say this. People are gonna dr- think we're crazy. Drinking our pee at some point. I, I'm into the whole health community and like there's something about apparently if you drink your own urine, not in excess, it doesn't have to be a ton, but you produce everything your body actually needs to heal because it's like it's going through and it's programming whatever in your pee. And then if you drink it, it's actually giving you the coating. Uh supposedly the pee in the morning has like mass amounts of stem cells and stuff. Interesting. Not for everybody. I haven't actually experimented with this yet. But we'll I've, have to do a follow up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get into some crazy stuff. Like I, I like right now I'm on a. Well, and it's fun to just try things sometimes too. Like yeah. it's like, oh, okay, do the lemon cayenne thing for a bit and see how that makes you feel. Or do like there was this coconut lemon electrolyte thing and like how does that make you feel? And like drinking your own urine. Well, is it, isn't life just like a big huge experiment, right? Like I do, right? Like life to me is literally about empiricism. You have to do it to figure it out. Like somebody could give me advice all day long and I'm just like, eh, until I do it for myself and get that feedback, like I don't necessarily agree. Well, oh, so when they, you they, learn by doing it's acceptable. Well that's what I was about to say also but that when I do it, it's not negatively impacting our planning and decision making. The person giving you that advice of like the turmeric and blah blah blah, guess what they did? They tried it. They experimented. You know what I mean? So it's like you have to experiment to to figure oh, out. Yeah. And like I do some crazy stuff. Like right now I'm doing a parasite cleanse and, and to be honest, like if anybody's looking for like mental clarity, dude, like I have found some crazy stuff. And one of the biggest things like Alex, I don't know if you do you notice a difference in Tim after talking to him for the last couple of years? Like he's more engaged. His eyes are more open. Like he's more. <laughs> <laughs> so like I found this thing called amino acids. I never knew that that was another component of nutrition. Right. So I realized our body's like digestive system is not working properly. And you guys being vegans, I assume like you have issues, not issues, but like your protein sources are different than meat. Also, um, we've we, also we haven't been vegan for a while. We've now. been plant based. Yeah. We never were like full vegan you were for a little bit. Uh, you were, and I was very deliberate to never say that I was a vegan because yeah. I feel like people take that very seriously. Yeah, sure, and sure. I anything although, can clear anybody up. I just yeah, think vegan yeah. is like paraphrasing. I was trying to try this diet out for a while, and I think I did it for about nine a months year? a year yeah. uh, before I actually finally like said, you know what, I want to eat these other foods. And it wasn't like a feeling thing. I actually felt one of the best I've ever felt being like doing that diet. 
but I was missing foods in a country where these type of foods are being made. And I'm like, damn, I want to try these things. So what I like to do is I like to try to get in tune enough with my body that I eat intuitively. Like if I'm craving grapes, yeah. <laughs> I'm on a grape kick lately. Um, if I'm grapes are like gold grapes, anymore. They're so expensive. expensive. Yeah. Our local grocery store just had a coupon yesterday where it was 85 cents a pound for grapes. Whoa. We spent $8 on like four pounds of grapes. I was like, heck yeah. yeah. Like you, they're delicious frozen. I know they're so good. But, but um, yes, I agree. I actually agree with the plant-based thing. But for the meat component, if you're craving meat, my assumption is that there's something in meat that your body needs and that's yeah. why you're craving it. And our cravings fluctuate over time. We're humans. We're both part of nature. We fluctuate over time. Your stress levels do not stay at a constant, like nothing stays at a constant. They're all over the freaking place, like the stock market. So like, I want to get more in tune with all that stuff. So for example, he, I would consider him stuck in the apathy category, which technically falls into the depression realm. Because I actually look at depression as a coping mechanism to avoid negative feelings. So you actually numb out the positive and the negative to prevent pain. So I don't know if I'm accurate on that, but that's just been my I observation. I from I, I numb well, out everything but logic. So, but it's this, I, again, it might not be for reasons, but it's the same mechanism. So when I actually started force feeding him the amino acids, he turned in like a whole different person. And this was before he stopped eating crap. Like he was literally compulsively eating bread, pasta, like potato chips, like all sorts of stuff. Yeah, just... basically in the last year, I cut out all sugar. I cut out uh, all processed foods. I cut out all gluten. So like. But I had been preaching dude, that to him. Diet's, the diet's quite banging right now. I had been preaching like him feeling like crap. Like he had, um, I would call it ulcerative colitis. And he was never diagnosed. But now that I, like we talk more openly about his poop and stuff, like I'm pretty sure he had it. Everyone does. Um, mm-hmm. But he started, oh, he wouldn't, he literally wouldn't listen to me for that long. The only thing that I noticed as a catalyst was putting them on those amino acids. It was like a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden he spontaneously started eating better. He spontaneously started watching these documentaries on food. He spontaneously started doing all this other stuff. And he lost 35 pounds in like the first, was it month? Yeah, it was the first month. Yeah. And he's down, he like, I took, I finally took up a before picture. Like we'll do an after one at some point when he's finally down, but I don't think he's continuing to lose. And I even put my dad who is so anti-change, so anti-kicking the food, so anti-whatever. I put him on the aminos with just the tether of, Hey, it'll, you'll lose weight. Like Tim did. My dad is down to the lowest that he's been. His pants are falling off. So now he's complaining that his pants are too big. And I'm just like, Oh my God, can't win here. There's always, <laughs> but like his health has actually gotten better. And what I've noticed with that is his sugar cravings are changing. I actually wonder if sugar cravings are just a nutritional deficiency. Well, often your body is just like searching for something. So it's like, I need more calories. I need more of something. And you, you know, don't really necessarily know exactly what that something is, especially if you're not in tune to like, Ooh, I need grapes. I need beef. I need, you know, whatever. So you just grab the easiest, quickest calorie source. And often well, the thing you go to is habit to you have that soothing feeling. And that's, what's so crazy about it. It's like when you start getting this whole stuff, um, it's, an, it's, insane. it's fascinating, but I wanted to point out he's been functioning better mental clarity wise, which has actually improved his trading ability. And it's actually allowing him to spontaneously do chores and stuff, which um, is helping the, us. The most important part for van life about that is it actually costs less to eat and I eat more. Yeah. So it's, it's what are these cool. amino acids? Is it like a liquid that you drink or? Okay. So, so the thing is when you're, because we live in such a toxic world, 
our digestive system is actually really screwed up. And sometimes it's not even just a toxin. Sometimes stress can actually act like a toxin. And when that happens is fight or flight, everybody knows your digestive and your immune system shuts down. So when that happens, it's not absorbing nutrients. It's not doing all this other stuff. And what happens then the liver gets backlogged. And then that's why there's an epidemic right now of fatty liver, non-fat alcoholic fatty liver disease. It's actually because the stress levels that everybody has and then the lack of nutrition, because the body does amazing things to compensate. So when it's trying to fight a threat, it turns off the digestive system, which is why people get constipated and why people get ulcerative colitis. And then it gets stuck in that needing to repair mode, but it's still not getting what it needs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I found out that there's four components of nutrition. There's your vitamins, there's your minerals, there's your amino acids, and there's your fatty acids. That's where like uh, people talk about the omega-3s and fish oils and stuff. So for vitamins, when you eat food, you're not usually absorbing them properly, even if you're taking normal vitamins because of the fillers, the additives, all this other stuff. The best way to actually get vitamins is through a new product with nanotechnology, oddly enough, called liposomals. What it does is it mimics the cell wall and it allows those, those vitamins to actually absorb right through your like esophagus and stomach lining. So it doesn't even have to go into your digestive system to get into your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. For the minerals, um, they make this stuff called fulvic and humic. It's derived from natural organic plant matter and it has like 75 trace minerals in it. And because it's in an organic state, it absorbs because it's a, a really, really small particle. It absorbs through the cell walls a lot easier. So like in the morning, I do those two things. And what I've also noticed, and this I figured this out from the amino acid thing, Underneath our tongue is extremely thin and very absorbent. So like a lot of doctors, if they need to get something really fast in you, they'll stick it under your tongue to dissolve. It goes right into your bloodstream. So what I do with the amino acids and I do with the vitamins, I kind of just let them sit there because even your skin will absorb stuff through it in 26 seconds. So the tongue is actually a lot faster. So I'll dissolve. They're like a powder. I get the essentials because the essentials are all the ones our body cannot make from food. And then our body can take those and make the other like 25 or 30 or however many they are. Um, and like we never, and without adequate testing and the fact that the body fluctuates, I do not like to just try to pick and choose. I like to do the full spectrums to just let the body figure out what the hell it needs, take what it needs, build what it needs and just go from there. So um, adding the amino acids, they're called the essentials under the tongue. They do not taste very good. My dad does not take them under the tongue. He just takes them via capsule and he's still losing a crap ton of weight. So they are doing something still, but they work better and you spend less money if you actually do them in the powder under the tongue. You save money too if you buy them in bulk and powder. And then for the fatty fatty acids, fish oil, 99% of the time is rancid and actually doing more harm and causing free radicals. The best source of fatty acids is um, spirulina, literally seaweed. They actually do make this liposomal product I found on Amazon that has your omega-6s, your omega-3s, your omega-9s, and your omega-12s in it. I didn't even know there were two other ones until I started looking into this. But that gives you a full spectrum as well. Um, It's pretty interesting. And like, I do experiments with different people as like my mom, I basically saved her from dying a couple of years ago. Like she was literally on her deathbed. I now have her off 16 different medications and she's like thriving in comparison. And she had like every organ removed possible. Um, She had depression, like all this crazy stuff. so now when people want stuff, the one guy, I, I kind of do little bits of experiments with people, but I just have him on nutrition 
And it is absolutely amazing just seeing what is unfolding for him. His yeah. man boobs are shrinking. Um, he, his appetite's changing. He seems more cognitive. Like he, he was so like mentally fogged that he couldn't like process or anything. And we're visibly seeing it work right now. Like that when we work with my dad, that he is a lot more better with cognitive processing. So it's fascinating to see these little shifts with people. I could tell you one of the reasons why amino acids is helping with the, you know, taking down the desire, decreasing the desire of wanting sugar. It's because amino acids actually balance your insulin. Yeah. So if your insulin drops, the first thing you're going to crave is sugar or something that's going to bring your energy back up, which we know today as sugar, because that's where we're being fed so much. Do you know why it dropped your insulin? What's that? They actually, do you know why it drops your insulin? No, they actually modulate stress. And stress is actually a precursor to insulin production. Yep, yep. Because so, adrenal fatigue, you actually increase your glucose cravings because yep, yep. your hormones are burning your brain. Wild, and you need glucose to actually put that fire out. That's so wild. like that's why people are craving sugar. It's actually stress. So when you give yep, it the amino yep. acids, it's, it's really fascinating. I thought on this whole bandwagon while Tim was doing the whole finance stuff. I feel like you need to put a whole like list or guide or something together to help people work through that. Cause it is a lot to like, I know, I know. And I actually do something on my website, but it's like, I, I have so much stuff going on. Like my biggest problem is like, I don't want to say staying focused, like the way my brain works is, and this has actually been part of my issue with trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Like I really envy the people that know what they want to do and they can specialize. I can't, it like literally feels like I'm leaving a part of my soul behind every time I try to like try to stay focused on something. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm probably pretty unique in that area. But what I realized is my strong suit is actually in the breadth of information because I start piecing things together and figure out where stuff overlaps. And then I find the leverage points to make the biggest impact in multiple areas. So, so let's talk about how you're going to help people with this investing thing. Cause that's kind of what we round about. We're talking about like and so that's actually where I started focusing on with this whole thing. And now I'm realizing the psychology component actually filters in with like this whole thing. So it's super fun. So what we're doing is we're actually launching our podcast called Roaming Returns today, which probably will be, we'll, we'll just say Tuesday, <laughs> last Tuesday. Um, we got two episodes right now. I'm going to have a third one done. And then we're going to do one a week where we're, we're going to make it more entertaining. Like, I don't know if you've listened to like finance stuff. It's pretty boring. Um, Pretty boring is awfully generous. <laughs> well, or it's super sensationalized where it's yeah. like, oh my guy, god, you know yeah. the guy, I don't know what channel he's on, but he's yeah, got he's, all the beeps and the horns and the whatever. And he's like, oh, Jim Kramer. He, Jim Kramer's a tool. Yeah, oh, the, I know. Bye bye bye. Sell, sell, sell. We make it pretty simple for people to uh understand the technic technical terms that are being addressed. Oh, and we make it so like because my whole purpose for doing it was to reach the uh nomadic community mm. i'm not saying they're simple but like they don't really want to be focused on well, looking they're looking more, up definitions and stuff like that yeah. they want to be living and i think yeah they're more focused on living the life that they want before retirement which is exactly what we want to to, to preach to people or to help people with and they're more likely to be more conscientious about how they're spending their money and that's a huge key to being successful with actually building a passive income when it comes to investing. So I'm actually setting everything up on the website, which is incomeinvestingfornomads.com. Um, I have a ton of stuff over there right now. I'm probably going to revise it. I literally just spent two weeks and like crank stuff out to have something for stuff. Tim offers a coaching plan. Um, we are charging $40 per session. And that is if you want to get started ASAP, you can actually recoup that $40 with one session with him by just 
following what he's talking but, but about in the first another month. uh but another option for that would be to actually if you don't want to pay the 40 dollars, yeah. just subscribe and like within a year you'll know like all of my picks all of my portfolio and everything like that so you don't actually have to pay and that's what i was going to say we are giving everything away because like i'm we... not sure if people have been researching it but most of the time when you get an email that says all oh, buy this one stock today and it'll like do a 60% return or something. They actually never give you the stock. It's they make all, you it's watch a 45 minute video. It's all a hook to get you and to then subscribe they you to their to subscribe. And then they want money. It's like, just, I, I, I tell it. people, this is what stock I'm looking at. This is why I'm looking at it. I like it or I don't like it. This, if you, if you like the concept of it, here's a couple alternatives that are, that do the same thing. Like I give it all away for free. I want everybody to, to, to generate, enough money to live their life i'm not in this at all for the money i just want to help as many people as possible and for what she's telling me the way to do that is to like sign people up well <laughs> I, I honestly think people don't value stuff unless you put a price tag on it like that's just something i've noticed with things and like for 40 dollars, like we're keeping it affordable enough and easy enough to recoup your money in the first month if you do want to pay and for if that they want to pay to what start. happens to that like we we're currently in a debate i don't know if we're just going to take all that money and donate it out to like uh animal like aspca or donate it to tree building place or something like i'm not going to take any money from it it's going to go somewhere i don't know where it's going to go yet it might be just putting it into like um a high interest savings and then like when people have like credit card debt or something like that we'll be like here's a thousand dollars for your credit card debt i, I, don't, would I don't know i love to take followers and actually help them pay off their debt with the proceeds mm-hmm. of someone's coaching like I, that's people's biggest problem because the thing with debt i was just looking at i had to put something on a credit card the other uh week that it was just with rehabbing it was what it was 22 percent like that is criminal. I don't understand how this stuff is legal. So it's if you put all this stuff in debt and you have loans for cars, loans for houses, loans for all this stuff, it's like no wonder why people can't save and make money. Like you're starting out in a huge deficit and student loans are another huge one. So it's like if we can help people pay off debt and get them educated so that they can become empowered for their finances and money, like that's what we're trying to do. Because it's like we have had a taste of this this freedom in life and like I know what it gives. I want like, as many people to ex- to experience the freedom that we experience. We, we experience. I, and I know how it feels goal. to die in an office job, like to have your soul crushed in an office job. Like it's we're not built to live like this. And I really, we really want to change how people are living. Like if if you want to live in a van, go live in a van. If you want to go do- donate your time to like, but in the, but like I, I also am going to be there's a realistic approach to it as well. You can't just save up like ten thousand dollars and expect to pay for van life. And it, like right. you, you you have to be realistic about it. like okay, I have might have to work this crap job. But while you're working the crap job, you literally could be building your van out or living in your van, taking all that money and putting it into investments that mm-hmm. you would be spending on your your house or your rent or whatever your whatever the case may be. So after two or three years, you'll have a hundred thousand dollars that. Then we'll be generating you about a thousand to twelve fifty a month in dividends and interest, and, and it, you totally can live on you. Totally can live on, on the that. road for that. You totally mm-hmm. can. So that's what we want to do for people. I was actually thinking about creating like a subscription thing because I know this is something that I would pay for because it's like when I'm so interested in something, I really don't have the bandwidth for the stuff I don't care about. And like with management fees, most managers charge you like one percent of your entire portfolio. If you have a hundred thousand dollars, that's a full blown 
A thousand. That's yeah. That's a full one thousand dollars. Well, it's like if we offered even something at like ten dollars a month, and you can turn it on and off whenever the heck you want to. But if we offered that, and we literally had our entire portfolio put up, we had a full blown community that could help you with the psychological aspects, so that like when there are pullbacks, people aren't panicking and jumping ship because that is the biggest point where you lose money. We were thinking about having like I haven't built this out yet, but I I think this is something because I would actually pay for it, and I am very very conscientious about where I put my money. But I think ten dollars a month would be, and that's cheaper than Netflix would be something if you're getting the stock picks, if you see when we evaluate a company and it's no longer worth staying in for the dividend versus like the risk, like we'll tell you that we'll, we'll show you the exact things. And, and we were thinking about um, having different portfolios set up because some people's risk tolerances are different. So it's like, you have a super secure one set up, you'd have uh, like the middle range, you'd have the other. And I was even coming up with like, a lot of the other gurus talk about just investing in like stock index funds where it's super passive. You literally just get in one thing and just let it sit forever. So we could do an idea, an example of that and just show you the like progress each month so people can actually yeah. We, have, we have other ideas too. Like uh, instead of keeping your money in a checking account, put your money into like worthy. a worthy.com, for example. They it's, just boosted their percent yield you, to 6%. You make 6% for basically then holding your money and it takes like I think three to five business days that you can pull your money out at any point. So say you have to pay the sewer bill. You can put your money in there for 28 days, let it accrue 6% and then pull what you need for the sewer bill out and have it to pay your sewer bill. Well, I was thinking like if you had your investments, what you could do is like- We use it for our emergency fund for like, if, yeah. our, if our van breaks down, we have money in there for uh, an, an engine replacement. But all the while it's, a, it's accruing it's 6%. It's accruing 6%. That's great. But well, what I would- the Availability to be able to pull it out right away is something that, you know, Key. three to five days is great because yeah. normally it's like, oh, you have to leave this in for 10 years, you know, so that's a, a great investment. Yeah. In that's why it's better than CDs because CDs, they do tie your money up for 12 to yeah, 18 months. Yeah, if you sell months. them, you actually well, get- And honestly, lately the CDs haven't even really been giving that great of an interest return. No. So like worthy.com is something that I think we might actually do a, a mini podcast on itself. What they do is they take the money they raise from selling the bond. They're, they're called bonds, but they're not really bonds. What they do is they take that money and they actually will um, give it to local startups, small yeah, company they startups. Loan, they create loans for local startups because they can't get them through normal banks. So what you're doing, you're kind of doing like a peer-to-peer -peer with a, an intermediary. And because those companies have to put up collateral, the risk is actually really small, even though it's not FDI insured, which FDIC insured, whatever yeah. FDIC insured, like I've, I've never had an issue. I've with never had any problem. Last three years. I've, we've pulled out, we've, I pulled out, out ten grand from twenty it, or thirty thousand no in the last three years, and it hasn't been a problem. So, like, it's, it's and they keep raising their yield, like they're doing something right. It's mm -hmm. well, well, we could keep talking about this forever. I mean, uh, we're we're a little bit past our hour, which is great. Uh, we'll definitely have to have you guys back on again because I feel like this conversation was very rewarding, not only for the audience but also for us. You guys have helped us in the past when it came to our financial endeavors and where you know we're super we can definitely for vouch can for the vouch. the i don't know what the word i'm looking for effectiveness yeah of your strategies for sure and even though it you're saying like oh you know the difference between passive and like trying to manage it every single day there is a little bit of managing but i, I tell you exactly what to do though, so exactly yeah exactly I, it's just like, okay, I say, no, Alex, I you probably want to get out of this yeah yeah, and, and you're very keen to doing it right away. So I'm sure if there's an email list or subscribing so you get that, you know, that update right away when everything is going down to get you out of it, I think is the key to it all. And then you can decide if you want to, you know, invest in that $40 or not. You know, like you said, we're all in the business of helping. 
you know, the reason why we make this podcast is because we want people to have valuable information, you know, so that way they can better themselves, whether it's van life or just any endeavor that they have. If these conversations can help you, that's what we're looking for. And that's what we're looking to do. And, you know, they don't have to pay for this in any type of way. It's free information. And you guys are trying to do the same exact thing. And we definitely endorse exactly what you guys are trying to do. So we appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, guys. We'll do it, we'll do it again soon. Just keep in contact. And... Definitely. But we appreciate your story and seeing where you guys, you know, came from. I love that, how open you guys are. It's, uh, you know, a breath of fresh air because sometimes it's hard to get, you know, normal information out of ever, anybody these days. Yeah. So we, we really do appreciate you guys. All right. Well, congrats on the kid. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> See you guys. I feel like we could talk to these guys forever. We almost need to make like a longer format conversation or we just need to get these guys back on the podcast. Let us know what you think in the comments. Alex, what did you think about the conversation? Yeah, I really liked it. I feel like investing can be scary sometimes. And it's interesting to think, you know, that they've been living on the road with just the dividends from their investments. And yes, you need to have you know, a certain amount to invest so that you could actually live on those dividends. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, every little bit that you're chipping away at it puts you in a better place long-term financially. And I think that, you know, even if you haven't started at all, start today, even if it's like 20 bucks here, you know, a hundred bucks here, it definitely adds up and it, you know, is totally worth it to have that kind of safety net. Yeah, you could definitely start small for sure. I know that that's a plan that I have in my head is like, I'm going to just every time I get a couple bucks, I'm just going to throw a couple more bucks and invest in in some of these dividend stocks. Because realistically, when you think about it, like I would much rather make 10% on my money than almost nothing from having my money in like Bank of America or Chase or any of these other places that give you an absolute horrific APR or APY. Is that what it is? APY. And, and the problem with that is that like, that's your money and they're making so much money on your money and you're making nothing from it. So if anything, you might even be paying them for it. Yeah. Actually a bank can, for every dollar you give the bank, they can invest $10. So if you put a hundred dollars in a thousand dollars in, like think how much money that they're making off of your money. And then they give you 0.03 interest. So if you do nothing else, get your money out of the bank accounts that give you no interest and move them into a bank account that at least gives you some interest. Everybody knows inflation has been rocking everyone. So if you're not earning you know, at least two, three, four, five percent on the money that's just sitting in your checking account, that money is actually losing value every single day. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense to keep your money in there. And I know that a lot of us feel like, oh, but it's secure in there. But regardless, it's going to be secure in the stock market too as well. Just don't you just don't take it out when it drops. You wait for it to come back up and then you, you know, just have some money in your bank account that you know that you'll possibly need one day down the road. You know, have like that emergency fund that we always talk about, Alex and I. And and then you could invest the rest. Just like start making money with your money. Let's be smart, guys. Mm-hmm. Well, even just for the bank accounts, like have your money, even if when it's just sitting there, regardless of if you invest a dollar of it, mm-hmm. it should be earning you something. Yeah, you should have it in like a SoFi bank account or oh, something Oh along my gosh. Lines. And you can find FDIC insured banks that give higher interest rates as mm-hmm. well, if that's something that worries you. Because there are, especially in the United States, there's so many different online banks to choose from. I know that here in Canada, it's a lot more limited as to like the banking options because it's a... 
more regulated market. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's just something to think about. Think about where your money is and what your money is doing for you. And I know people don't love talking about money. And I know that it can be like a, a sensitive subject for people. But the more that you talk about it, the more that you learn about it, the better that you're going to feel about it. And then, you know, the more that it can grow for you. I think what we're going to do for this podcast is we'll drop a poll down below and uh, we're going to throw in a couple of different options for you for how you, you know, leave your money in the bank. Do you invest it? Do you have no idea what you're doing and just want to learn more? Uh, because we would love to talk more about this and learn more about it ourselves. So I think it's a great conversation starter. And, you know, we could get more people on the podcast to kind of help us out and help you guys out, too, with those financial endeavors. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, everybody's always looking for ways to make money on the road. And so if your money's making you money on the road, like, yeah, it might just be sitting in your bank account, but you get that thing at the end of the month. And it's like, you earn $15. It's like you got 15 free dollars for doing nothing. Just having your money sitting in that bank account. You know, it's like that saying work smarter, not harder. I almost said work harder, not smarter. <laughs> but seriously, though, that's it's- the saying about Sunny the Sun Raider. We are working hard not, not smart. <laughs> I guess you're starting to work more smart, you know, but the thing is, is I definitely wish I could have like just gutted that whole thing and started from scratch. But hey, you yeah. know, that's the that's where we are and that's what we're doing and we're, we're getting it done. And, you know, at the end of the day, that that rig now has a new engine in it and it's going to look pretty damn spanking new and beautiful when we're done with it. So we'll put a price tag on it and, you know, either rent it out or 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 try to sell it. And if you guys are interested, you let us know. Yeah. I just, I keep having these like visions of, so we're putting so much time and energy into like making it right and making it look nice and doing all these things. And then I just have this like sinking feeling that whoever buys it is going to then like rip all that out. And if they do, that's fine. I don't really care. But you know, at the same go around i hope that they look at it and go damn this is craftsmanship this is great this yeah. is beautiful i love what you did or even like for a while like it's like even if you decide to change something down the road or whatever like you know enjoy it for a while yeah. whoever's gonna Please. buy it whoever's out there because like, we haven't really talked about what we're doing with the van afterwards and so we're yeah. still figuring out mm-hmm. exactly what the plan for sunny the sun raider is mm-hmm. um but yeah so we hope that whoever's traveling in it we're definitely going to travel in it a couple of times for sure um but we hope that whoever's rolling in it is enjoying it yeah i mean because that's the whole point of it right is to be able to roll around enjoy your life enjoy wherever you're going just have a great time and hopefully we could we could give you guys a rig that you're not having any issues with because we dealt with all of them (laughs) yeah and we're dealing with them yeah we are every day we're not uh we're not turning a blind eye to any of them where we're gonna make this thing fully capable to do anything that you need it to do yeah for sure anything that a a two-wheel drive vehicle could do yeah and we hope that you guys are taking the same care and love in your own van builds because you know it's easy to cut corners it's always easier to just say "Mm, i don't want to deal with that i'm just gonna not but it's always always better to just like Spend the time, spend the money, spend the hours and fix it. Okay, Alex, take your own advice on the spend the money part. We've been spending a lot of money, right? I know, I know. But sometimes it's like, you know, we're like, do we want to spend the extra $500? And then we look at each other and we're like, well, maybe we should, you know? We normally always come around to it, but I feel like at first it's a little difficult. Yeah, and when you see a price tag for something and you're like, ugh. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's not. We're we're trying to financially invest in ourselves and our projects so that way it comes out at the cream of the crop and you know we have the best return at the end and that that was the whole point of this conversation that we just had yeah totally you gotta you gotta put the work and time and whatever in to get it out on the back end so well we hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation please let us know in the comments below or leave a review for us five stars would be great and we'll definitely go ahead and talk about that review on the next podcast we hope you guys have an FNA day. Everybody knows it's true. Band life, YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Band Life. All that.